0: I think that it's so worth traveling to be with each other for a week, you know, even though I believe fully in remote work and that, you know, you don't have to be sitting right next to someone in order to get the work done. There are certain things that are better done in person, like getting to know someone, sitting there, having, doing strategy, coming up with random ideas, just having conversations, you know, it's, it's harder to facilitate on a, you know, a, a Zoom call that you set a time for and you both have to click the link to turn up, you know, it, it gets rid of it, a bit of that spontaneity. So I think it's great that we do it. And yeah, have, have those weeks together.
1: Welcome to Design Life, a podcast about design and
0: side projects for motivated creators. My name is Femke. And my name is Charlie. Today, we're going to talk about traveling for work. Now, this is something that I kind of assumed when I entered the design industry wasn't really going to be a part of my job. I'd seen, you know, movies and TV shows where it was salesmen traveling for work and, (laughs) and, you know, all the managers, things like that, going to meetings. Lawyers. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Going to meet their clients. I thought that with design, you can do it from anywhere, right? So I assumed I would never need to travel for work. But I've ended up doing quite a bit of traveling for work. And you have too, Fem, especially recently, at Uber. So today we thought we'd talk about what that's like, what it's like to travel for work, what are some of the protocols, how you can actually get work done, how much you can actually see of the place you're traveling to. Should be a good topic, a bit different for us, but I'm looking forward to talking about it. First though fam, how has your week been? What have you been up to? Uh,
1: What have I been up to? Lots of things. My running is still going, by the way. I have not missed a run yet. Three runs a week. Amazing that's way more than I do. <laughs> it's uh, it's very cool. I'm using the Nike app. I can't remember if I mentioned this already, but I'm using the Nike app and I've got a couple of my friends also using it. And so we like egg each other on for each other's runs. So and sweet. Yeah, it's really fun. It's a good sort of like accountability and encouragement uh, thing for me. So I also treated myself to some new Nike shoes over the weekend. Mm. I know. Uh, but I wanted to make sure I like ran first before I bought the shoes. I know a lot of people buy the shoes as like that encouragement to run and then never run and then have new shoes sitting there. And I didn't want to be that person. So I wanted to run first, then get the shoes. And yeah, it's it's super fun and super cool. I'm really, really enjoying it actually more than I thought I would. Good. Uh, but aside from running, I actually, something to mention, I worked on over the weekend, a resource for our community members. So if you are a community member listening to this, uh, a couple weeks back, we did an episode on the design handoff and validation process, and I spent a bit of time putting together a template sort of slide deck that has a sort of bare bones structure and an outline of how to put together a handoff deck for your engineers. And so that's a free resource available to community members. So if you're a member and want access to that, then you can log in and find it in the resource section. And that was really fun to make, actually. And it was a good exercise for me as well to like sit down and think about, okay, how how do I structure this? What is the best way to structure these things? And yeah, it was really fun.
0: And you did such a good job with it too, honestly. That thing is way more in depth than I was expecting when you brought up the idea of it. And so it really helped me to see it you know, all laid out. I know we talked about it on the show, but yeah, seeing it, it was another thing. So that was cool. I'm, I'm glad you made that.
1: Yeah, thanks. What about you? How are things going? You're not traveling right now, right?
0: <laughs> I'm not, <laughs> but it's good that you can ask me that every week because, you know, you never know with me. <laughs> no. Uh, things have been kind of stressful at the moment, to be honest, with this book deadline fast approaching. I know people are probably sick of me talking about this book by now, but it really is consuming all of my brain space. Uh, well, yeah it's trying to take over all my brain space. There's still gotta be a little bit left aside for other things. I actually yesterday had a, a coaching call with a speaker coach for Craft and Commerce. That's a like a resource we offer to all of our main stage speakers for our ConvertKit conference. That's so cool. Yeah, it was amazing. So I had this like bare bones structure of a talk that I'd you know planned out on cue cards or whatever, and then just shoved on some slides, no design or whatever, just the main points in a structure. We went through that together and he gave me some really great tips and like, you know, where to improve. And he'd also watched the video of the talk that I gave at the Sean West conference and was able to give me some tips on delivery as well. So that was amazingly useful. Uh, But I think partially because of that and because I was thinking about public speaking last night, I had a very, very realistic dream that there was an event I was speaking at and I have forgotten when it is like I woke up at about 5 a.m. And I was like, when is that? When is that thing that I said I was going to do? Because I like so vividly remembered making the slides for it and like having a call and going through the slides with someone from this mythical event and like, you know, them saying, oh, maybe take this bit out or swap this bit here. And like, honestly, I opened up my phone and searched my emails because I was like, is this a panel I agreed to do and have now forgotten about? And I like searched for panel in my emails. Oh, my gosh. I'm still not 100% convinced that it doesn't exist, but. I'm sure someone would have told me if I'd missed turning up to an event I was supposed to speak at. So I'm just going to try and console myself with that. I think this
1: is just your brain, like, you know, preparing for your upcoming talk and yeah, freaking you out. (laughs) I wish it wouldn't.
0: (laughs) Things things are a bit stressful, I need to do some more things to relax, I think, play some more Stardew Valley, perhaps.
1: Oh yeah, Yeah. I haven't played that game yet, but Owen is like begging me to download it on a (laughs) weekly basis
0: you should do it or maybe you shouldn't because you know there's a lot of other stuff in your life to do yeah
1: well I am very at the end of Zelda if if anyone listening has played that you'll know like how many hours worth of gameplay it takes to get there maybe
0: finish that first yeah
1: yeah I'm (laughs) very very close to the end and so I want to finish that first before starting Stardew because I've heard that it's quite addictive
0: yes it is Anyway, shall we get on to today's topic? Enough talking about my stress.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah, sorry, I don't want to stress you out anymore. <laughs>
0: Let's put the stress aside for now. Yeah, put the stress aside and talk about travel, which isn't at all stressful. Travelling for work, what have been your experiences with this so far in your career? And were you like me, and did you assume that it wasn't really got to be part of a design career? Yeah,
1: I guess so. I didn't really think about travel like as being part of my work, I guess, right? I mean, when I was working at Atomic, I was working remotely, and so I sort of assumed that there would be a little bit more
0: travel involved there. Right, because you traveled back to New Zealand, right, once a year to work with the team?
1: Right. So once a year, they brought me back to New Zealand to be with the team for a few weeks, And yeah, let me think about some of the travel things I've done. So there's, yeah, that going back to see the team when I was working remotely. I also, while I was at Atomic, did a few workshops in different locations. I did one in London and one in Berlin. Uh, So I traveled there to give those talks. I also attended a couple of conferences. I mean, I would count that as work travel because usually it's on work time. Yeah, I would too. And then most recently at Uber, I've been doing quite a lot of research trips. So that's a very different kind of work travel I think it's very intensive like full-on uh, but yeah that's sort of been my roundup of work travel experiences so far.
0: And also when you started Uber, there was a week in the San Francisco office right I, I remember you saying?
1: Oh yes yes how yeah. could I forget yes so I went <laughs> uh, to San Francisco for a like onboarding week basically where you get onboarded to the company and attend these sessions given by you know execs and stuff. So that was also super cool.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. My work travel has mostly been for conferences as well, I would say. Although, so my first work trip was, and my first ever job for a graphic designer uh, at that company that distributed Mitsubishi Electric products. I think I've mentioned that before as my first job. But we went down to Queenstown for like a sales and marketing retreat I guess could be the word for it it was like a couple of days where we had like planning sessions and things like that and i thought it was pretty cool as a designer that i got to be involved with that cuz you know up until that point i thought my job was just to take whatever came at me and you know make it into design i didn't realize that i'd get to be involved or like you know talk about the strategy side of things too so that was really fun and since then i also at zero traveled to australia to work on a project alongside the team there just because There was a lot to do and we felt like maybe we'd get more done working side by side, each other, you know, in person. And since then, my travel has mostly been to conferences, quite a lot of them either speaking or just attending myself, you know, on work time and also team retreats at It. So we have them twice a year and I travel to the States for a week to basically live in a nice house with my workmates for a week. Sounds amazing. Yeah, have strategy (laughs) meetings and, and, you know, team bonding and stuff like that. So that's been my work travel. There's been quite a bit of it actually, way more than I thought there would be in my career. But I like that.
1: Yeah, I have never been on a team retreat. Uh, but they sound so fun. Like, do you especially as a remote worker, I suppose, you must really appreciate that time that you have with your team. It must be pretty important.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think that it's so worth travelling to be with each other for a week, you know, even though I believe fully in remote work and that, you know, you don't have to be sitting right next to someone in order to get the work done. There are certain things that are better done in person, like getting to know someone, sitting there, having, doing strategy, coming up with random ideas, just having conversations, you know, it's, it's harder to facilitate on a, you know, a, a Zoom call that you set a time for and you both have to click the link to turn up, you know, it, it gets rid of it a bit of that spontaneity. So I think it's great that we do it and yeah have have those weeks together so how do
1: you manage your i guess like workload or stress level when you're traveling cuz i don't know about you but i'm always over optimistic about how much i think i can get done when i'm traveling for work but realistically like your your time either gets filled when you're traveling or you you know underestimate how long you think it's going to take you to get around places or you know of course you're potentially really tired or overloaded with other stuff that's going on so do you have any advice for how to deal with that because obviously you are quite a frequent traveler I'd say you probably travel more than me so you must have figured out some you know some tips for this by now
0: you know what I figured out is that I shouldn't plan on doing any side project stuff while I'm traveling for work. Uh, good one. That is the main thing that I've figured out. Unfortunately, I know it's not very useful advice, but like you said, you're more tired, either it's jet lag or just, you know, the act of traveling is exhausting and being in a new place. There's extra things for your brain to think about that just, it just isn't as easy as being at home. And so you've got that extra level of exhaustion at the end of the day, you know, And time gets filled up with your workmates, you know, you go out to dinner together and you perhaps wouldn't be doing so much. Oh, just cook a quick meal and eat it at home so I can get on with my side projects like you would be, you know, if you weren't traveling. And so I stress myself out trying to keep up with side projects and like trying to do just as much as I do when I'm at home, you know, getting up in the morning and and doing things before starting the work day. I don't get up early and do things before we start like the morning of meetings at team retreats, for example, because I'm too tired from also being an introvert as well, being around people all day, 24 seven. So I just need a bit more sleep than I would normally do at home. And so yeah, have learned to not try and do side projects. Set those, like just don't expect to do any of that because you're gonna set yourself up for disappointment basically. And in terms of actual like work workload, definitely that needs to be lighter as well you should expect that all of your time will be filled up with the thing that you're on the trip for so there'll be very little time for anything additional you know additional projects to get on with have you found that to be similar case
1: yeah yeah I think so I always have that good intention of like oh I'll, I'll continue doing it or I think we've even had before like even for this podcast like oh don't worry we can still record one while I while we're away oh my gosh how many times have we said that yeah <laughs> so many times and then like we're in the situation where we're on the trip and then you know uh it's not gonna work uh so definitely have had that experience I also have learned to try and like double the time that I think something's gonna take especially if I'm with my teammates like you know oh, like breakfast should only take 20 minutes. No, there's a group of four of us. It's probably going to take an hour. Right. You know what I mean? Like, because there's like more of you and like everyone runs on their own different schedules and things like that. Like, you know, meeting in the hotel lobby at 9 a.m., it's probably likely we're going to leave at 9.30 because there's always someone that needs another 10 minutes or whatever, whatever. So I've just learned to accept that and kind of, Be a bit more flexible in those situations. Obviously, try and be on time when possible, but also know that like, you know, just be patient, be flexible. There's a whole group of us. Everyone has their own things to deal with and their own way of doing things. So you have to adapt, I think, a bit more in that kind of environment.
0: Yeah, for sure. How does work travel work? Oh, my gosh, seeing work too much (laughs) at Uber. Like, just in the terms of the logistics of, like, flight bookings and things like that. I feel like maybe I'm just a nerd, but I think we should talk about that. Because if you're someone who hasn't traveled for work before, I I didn't have any idea how any of that worked, you know? So how how does that work for you? Again, can we have a count of how many times I've said work? Yeah, it's going to be a lot of times. Um, How does
1: that work? Well, we have a lot of policies. Sorry. Um, We have a lot of policies and things around, like, what can be booked and whatnot and like mm-hmm. budgets and things like that like I'm not supposed to go and buy the most expensive business class like of direct flights for example uh, it's supposed to be reasonable so we actually have this uh, system software I don't know it's like this enterprise software where I can go in and I can search flights I can search hotels and things like that and it will only bring me search results that are approved by Uber. Ooh, that's good. So handy. It's kind of useful. So I kind of know that like whatever I book on there is like kind of pre-approved. I don't need to get approval for it. There are some rules around like, um, yeah, if you, for example, wanted to take an Airbnb instead of a hotel as long as the Airbnb costs the same or less than the average hotel price it's kind of okay like things like that you know there's obviously a bit of wiggle room and a bit of leeway for if you have a certain preference Um, but yeah usually so I book my own flights and my own hotel and I do that on this software unless like sometimes the software shows the really crappy flights Uh, and so I will do like my own search in the browser and if I can find a better deal then I will just book it on there instead and yeah that's justified because either it's cheaper or or whatever. Typically we're allowed to book the direct flights like when I've been flying to places like in South America it can be you know really hard to get the direct flights or a bit more expensive but if it's such a long flight then it's typically okay Um, but as I said yeah there's all these rules and things but luckily we have this software so I kind of know like whatever's in there is sort of justified.
0: That makes sense and do you have like a company card you book it on or do you book it on your own and then get reimbursed
1: no i have a corporate card that Ooh, i know fancy. It's so fancy <laughs> uh no i got the corporate card like within my first couple of weeks of joining because i knew that i was going to go to san francisco for this onboarding week I don't know if you know how much hotels cost in San Francisco.
0: Oh yeah, trust me, I'm, it makes me cry. <laughs> uh,
1: I was there for like two and a half weeks. Cool. So you can imagine the price of that hotel. And uh, yeah, I didn't really want to swipe that on my personal card and reimburse it. So no. yes, and also I do quite a lot of research trips. And so it's so much easier to just have the corporate card and, you know, I can just expense it later.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I don't have a company credit card, unfortunately, because... ConvertKit is a US-based company, and so I'm not—I don't have a US address to register a credit card to. So when I need to book stuff for trips, uh, I will send like a screenshot and a link to like on the Google Flights, whatever it's called, to our executive assistant, and she will book my flights for me. Oh, nice! Book the ones that I choose. We have a policy that like you should choose like you know the cheapest like, most reasonable route. Um, but there's, I think it's something, I can't remember if it's 10 or 20%, but if there's a better flight, you know, like a better time or more direct or whatever, and it's only costs 10% more than what, like, the cheapest one is, then go for it and, and do that instead. That that tends to be the way it goes. And then hotels are booked, booked through her as well. And then while we're actually there on the retreat, all of us, Non-US uh, ConvertKit employees will just always be with someone who is a US ConvertKit employee for anything like meals or whatever, so they can pay for stuff. Yeah, basically <laughs> they just use their card for the coffees and things like that. Amazing. Yeah, but that's the thing with work travel that I want to stress is that the company should be paying for things if you're traveling for the company, right? Like different companies have different policies. I remember at Zero there was like a per diem that I had to spend on breakfast and lunch and dinners, that sort of thing, you know, set amount per day that I could could spend on that. And interestingly, I didn't even have to submit receipts or anything for that. They just gave me like how many days worth of that money at the end of the trip. So I think I ended up accidentally profiting from that because I didn't spend $70 a day or whatever it was.
1: Interesting.
0: Yeah. yeah, that's funny. But yeah, every company will have a different way of doing it. But I do believe the company should pay if they are the ones who are asking you to go on the trip.
1: That is, yeah, I'm thinking about this now because I also had a per diem when I was at Atomic and same thing, like when I traveled, uh, they just times the per diem by the amount of days I was away, paid that to me. I didn't have to submit uh, receipts or anything. But at Uber, we also have a per diem, but we still have to submit the receipts. Uh, So everything goes into an expense report and then I guess they review it or whatever and check to make sure that you're not stretching or going too far over Um, and often because we're traveling as a group like like one person will take the bill we don't individually pay for example at the end of a meal and the policy we kind of have is the most senior person at the table covers the bill yep like that which is a nice policy and like everybody knows it so at the end of the meal there's no like awkward like who's gonna pay oh my card your card yeah Yeah. everyone's (laughs) like well George over there is the most senior person. So you're paying. And he's like, yeah, I guess I am like, you know, everyone kind of knows it. So it's nice that it's like this rule that everyone sort of follows and it avoids any of the awkwardness. (laughs) That's good. What about when you travel like personally, but you work remotely? Like I know that you've done a few like personal trips or travel trips, but worked at the same time. And I've done a little bit of that as well. But thinking of, Uh, like I'm planning on going back to New Zealand at some point for a vacation and working like a week or two remote from there so I don't know I feel like you've done this quite a few times how does that differ from the travel that you do
0: for work specifically Ooh, good question so first of all the company definitely doesn't pay for those trips right right (laughs) um I often will actually because I you know I check that it's going to cost the same or whatever but I'll add on a week in the States after a company retreat, for example. So um, earlier this year in February, we flew to San Diego for a company retreat, but I then went to San Francisco afterwards. And so I had my return flight coming from SF, but I like looked on the flights you know, thing and it cost actually cheaper to fly home from SF than it did from San Diego. So I got the company to book those flights and then I paid for my internal flight between San Diego and SF. Oh, nice. So Yeah, if that makes sense. I think you actually have more time to see the place that you're in when you are there on a self-elected travel trip, let's call it, because you still have to get your work done. So this is a thing in that you're not gonna see as much of the place as if you were just there on a holiday, right? You're not gonna be able to do as much because you do still have to get the work done. If you want your company to keep allowing you to travel and work, you know, (laughs) yeah, like when we went to Florence, for example, we would work in the morning and then uh, I think you were not working at that point. So you could like explore in the afternoons, but I needed to keep working. So I like went back to our Airbnb and, you know, finished out my work day before meeting up with you in the in the evening for some more exploring. So you just have to accept that you're perhaps not going to see as much as if you were on vacation, but you will see more on a self-elected trip than if one arranged by the company, just because you're in charge of your own schedule a bit more, I think, and there's not so much places you have to be at at a certain time, and so you don't get so exhausted and your day isn't so full. So you can do a little bit of sightseeing as well as getting the work done as well. Has that been your experience with it?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, (laughs) it's funny. I've been to Mexico City three times in the last eight months, I guess. And every time I'm like, okay, this time I'm going to go to the Frida Kahlo Museum, who's this, like, famous artist. You might have heard of her. Definitely. Uh Every every time I'm like, okay, this time I'm gonna go to the museum. Doesn't happen. Okay, this time I'm gonna go to the museum. Nope. Okay, this time I'm really gonna like make an effort to go, and it just never happens, because I'm I'm so busy. Like, you have all, you know, you're like, oh, cool, you're going to this awesome place. Like, wow, are you gonna see this and this and this? And basically, the answer is no, because you're working the whole time. And something I'm thinking about doing is like extending my work trips by just one day. You know? Ooh, yeah, even just a day, yeah. Even just a day to give myself that day where I can either choose to like rest and recover and reflect and like have that day to kind of mentally absorb, like, okay, this is what I've learned or what I've done in this trip. I uh, just need a day of reflection kind of thing, or like use it to go and explore and see that thing that I really wanted to see, or do that thing that I really wanted to do, or eat at that restaurant that I really wanted to eat at, for example. Um, so that's something I'm thinking about, like trying to add on as a personal policy for myself. And of course, if, if the company is not okay with it, I'll, I would pay for the extra hotel night myself, whatever. But yeah, that's something I'm thinking of doing just as a like personal reflection day and just a wind down day. Cause often like I'll jump straight on a plane, get back to the office and it's all go, go, go. And you don't like the only time you have to kind of take a breath is on the flight home and uh, it's, it's not enough.
0: That's not super fun. Yeah. No, it's it's
1: not super fun. It's it's not enough. It's not an inspiring place to kind of debrief and let everything soak in. So yeah, I'm, I'm thinking of trying that on my next work trip for myself and seeing how that goes.
0: Yeah, I think it is surprising how much even just a day or two added on, you can really feel like you actually saw the place you're in because this happened for me with San Diego. So we would, for the past few retreats, Um, you know, start of the year ones, we've flown into San Diego, had lunch in a restaurant there, driven to Oceanside, stayed in like these beautiful condos by the beach for the week, back to San Diego to the airport to go home. And so like, it was great to be by the beach and everything, but I didn't really feel like I'd seen anything of San Diego, you know, and so I stayed on for the weekend after the previous trip before going to San Francisco. And that was really good because I got to just like be in the city a little bit and feel like it actually visited that place you know so yeah i think i think most companies are pretty agreeable to you extending the trip or whatever especially if it's not going to cost them any extra right like if the flight home is the same or very similar price to go home a day later or whatever i'm sure that they'll be agreeable to that because yeah there's there's just a lot of mental benefits to doing it
1: yeah totally What about, I I wanted to ask you the differences between traveling solo versus traveling with your team. Do you have any thoughts about that? Because for me, it's quite different experiences.
0: Yeah. It's been rare for me to travel with my team, I suppose. I'm usually traveling solo there to meet up with my team. But I mean that is different in itself from a trip that's totally solo. I think that everything takes more time when you're traveling with a group, like you said before, like all the things about meeting the airport and things like that. I actually prefer to travel solo than with a group on flights and things because I have my own routine and I know what I like to do. And so I am perfectly happy to take a long haul flight completely by myself, you know, and yeah, I think I would prefer it to, to traveling long haul with with the team When you meet up with people there as well, I think for me it's just been a very different type of trip. The ones where my team has been there versus me being there solo, like for a conference or something. So it's kind of hard to compare, but yeah, I would say that solo I have to like, I'm left to my own devices a lot more. I have to decide for myself where I'm gonna eat for dinner and all that. There's a lot more thinking involved than a trip where it's with the team and everything's already planned, you know. What about you? Yeah,
1: I mean, traveling with a team can definitely, definitely be more exhausting, right? Uh, and there's a lot more people to consider, you know, like one person in the group might be a vegetarian, for example, and then that can totally throw off, like, or make, like, finding a place to eat a lot harder, especially if you're in a place like Brazil where they love meat. Um, (laughs) So things like that uh, that you don't really think about, and then suddenly you're with this person or with this group of people, like, 24-7, and you get to learn a lot about them, first of all. But also, yeah, things just take longer. You need to have more patience. Uh, I'm like you where I am totally happy to travel, like, on the plane and whatever by myself, it can be a bit weird, like having a workmate next to you on a long haul flight. You know, I've kind of gotten over that now, but the first time it was a bit weird (laughs) because I'm so used to traveling alone or like, like you said, you have your kind of own routine or your own rhythm when you're long haul traveling and that can kind of, you know, you have to be a bit more flexible, right. When you're traveling with other people in that situation. But yeah, I think also like I think the longest time I've spent with a teammate or, or my team traveling is probably two weeks I think which is quite a long time you're basically together except when you're sleeping uh, the whole time
0: that is quite a long time so
1: yeah every yeah you get to know them really well I guess and also eventually you're gonna rub shoulders somewhere and that's fine it's how you sort of deal with it that I think is more important um, but yeah it can definitely be more challenging but also, more fun, you know, like you're not eating dinner alone, for example. Uh, so things can be a bit more fun and social too.
0: Yeah, totally. That's what quite interesting how you said you're like together twenty four seven apart from when you're sleeping. Uh, on my team retreats, we are together when we're sleeping as well. Oh, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> we often stay in these condos and like you have to share a room or whatever. And if it's someone that I know quite well on my team, sometimes I'm just going to share a bed, to be honest, like when we don't need to bother setting up a mattress on the floor or whatever, we'll just share this king size bed. And That's, I think, quite a unique experience and like perhaps not what you would expect traveling for work. <laughs> yeah, I,
1: I don't know how that would go down at my company,
0: but... But yeah, <laughs> well, especially because you're the only woman on the team, that might be a bit weird. <laughs> yeah. but yeah, I guess it's quite a different feel at a small company, and I don't know, I don't know why that's different at all. But it just, it just feels like I'm fine with it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I can imagine past workplaces where I definitely wouldn't have been, and I would have been like, eh, no, give me my own room. <laughs> yeah. Do you do like
1: I'm trying to think? You know, when we travel as a team, like if I reflect on it, maybe it would have been, or we would have had more success if we'd kind of sat down and established some ground rules at the beginning. Um, Cause there were definitely some moments of tension, uh, you know, when someone does something a certain way or like doesn't show up or whatever. Um, so like in hindsight, setting some sort of, not ground, wo- ground rules, but just like expectations that might have like helped to avoid some potential conflicts, especially because we're like really traveling so intimately together on this research trip, for example. I don't know, have you ever had that where you've decided to
0: set some kind
1: of boundaries or you just kind of go with it?
0: So our team retreats are very like meticulously planned out and we have an itinerary like, for every day, basically. Like, we know what time breakfast will be served by, you know, and so what time we should be in the kitchen if we don't wanna miss out on getting breakfast, and if you do, that's your own fault, you know, and you can raid the snacks cupboard later on. But yeah, there's, there's the whole day is planned out, so there isn't really room for people to be like, oh, I didn't know you wanted me to meet then, or whatever. Also because we're just all staying in this, like, one big house or, like, you know, a few houses next to each other, that helps as well, I think. Um but yeah the more planning in advance you do the less room there is for like tension like that I suppose because everyone knows what to expect already and yeah also for people who are new to team retreats and I remember having things explained to me beforehand as well like on team calls it would be like this is the team retreat like you're not expected to like dress up every day like you know wear sweatpants if you want to completely casual that sort of thing, all those little bits of information that you don't really know until you're there and you experience the vibe were really handy for me to know up front. And so, yeah, I think that that, yeah, is why I haven't really experienced much tension in that way. Yeah,
1: no, that's good. Like having sort of expectations set is something that I wish we'd had on some trips, like, you know, I've had some team members feel obliged to attend Meetings like while we're traveling. Oh, that must be tough. Yeah, like meetings with San Francisco or Amsterdam or whatever that aren't related to this project, but their manager set it up and so they like feel like they have to attend and then it throws everyone else off the schedule and you know things like that that come up or also like maybe more personal things like some of the people I travel with have young children and so you know they need to check in with home a lot, uh, which I totally like understand. Um, But like yeah I think maybe setting some expectations up front uh, would help I think for future trips to kind of avoid some uneasy tension about people like disappearing or not showing up or being late or whatever for whatever reason would have been helpful.
0: Yeah we say on on our itinerary as well itinerary (laughs) that's a word that is finding my difficult to come out of my mouth this morning Um, we say which things are optional too like Wednesday, games night, completely optional. So if you are exhausted from the day and you just want to go to bed or like, you know, sit by yourself and read, completely fine. No one is going to judge you for that. That's nice. So Yeah, because that can be exhausting too, feeling like you have to keep up with all of the activity and like, I don't know, I just want to have dinner without my workmates for once sort of thing, maybe, and you could go off and do that. So yeah. Uh, Any tips that you have for someone new to traveling for work? Uh, Like... What is your best advice you can give them? My best advice
1: is probably like that you're going to get a lot less done than you think you can, I suppose. So whether that's like leaving side projects at home or leaving other work projects also at home and just only focusing on the thing that your travel is related to, that would probably be my advice. And also just to try and be as flexible as you can Uh, because things are going to come up unexpectedly or you're going to have to deal with situations that you weren't prepared for and so I know that that can be really hard I struggle with that as well Uh, but just try and stay flexible and open and hopefully that will help a little bit
0: I think that's great advice I don't even think I really have anything to add to (laughs) that that's a great note to end on (laughs) awesome well fam where can people go to find more episodes of this
1: show You can go to designlife.fm or you can search any podcast app that you use. I personally use Pocket Casts and I really like it. And we're also on there. So you can check us out and listen to us there.
0: And I use Overcast just if we're throwing those out there. (laughs) We're also on Overcast. Awesome. You should also follow us on Twitter. We are at designlife.fm over there. Any topic suggestions you have, anything you've been wondering about to do with life working as a designer or just, I don't know, interesting things about your job that you'd like to hear our thoughts on, perhaps? Reach out, let us know, because we're always looking for new things to talk about. That This topic today was kind of random, but we just felt like talking about it, you know? So we're open to anything.
1: And actually, in an upcoming episode, we're going to talk about research and user research.
0: Go deeper into that side of Fem's work Trouble.
1: Yeah, we're going to go a bit deeper into that. So if you have any questions about doing user research or maybe certain experiences that you want to share that you think would help with the show, then please do let us know on Twitter. Or you can also email us hello at designlife.fm. We'd love to hear it. Sounds good. All
0: right, Fem. Hope you have a good day.
1: All right. You too. See you later. Bye. Bye.